What's up? It's Prozac in Pajamas. I'm Manny. And I'm Allie, and this is episode four called Motion Picture. Today's topic is existential crisis. It's when your life starts to like meaning or you start to feel unsure. Your path can change. The path that you had in mind could start to leave, or you want to put yourself in an isolated position and you decide that you would rather be alone or that you are not meant to be in this life. It's basically a surge of depression. Yeah, I was going to say, like, one of the symptoms is, like, depression. And that's, like, one of the main, like, causes of, like, feeling like your life has no purpose or, like, no meaning. And you start to, like, really question what your life consists of. I feel like we all go through an existential crisis at some time. I mean, besides the fact, besides, like, being diagnosed with depression or, like, someone being diagnosed with it, I feel like every teenager or anybody, even at a certain time, like, especially, like, once you get into college, like, what am I going to do after college when I graduate? When I graduate high school, what am I about to do? Or, like, when I graduate college, what am I about to do? And then that puts you in, like, such a position or, like, you feel like you need so much more than what you have or like everything that you want is impossible to get and like that's literally quality that's literally like lacking the the sense or knowing quality over quantity yeah i really think that like the stresses of like your future and what your future like holds are one of the like main causes of depression why it really starts when you're in high school and stuff like of course people are diagnosed with depression like before high school because of like childhood trauma and everything but i really feel like it starts to like hit when it gets to high school because you start really comparing yourself and you're maturing and everything so you start to see how other people are like acting and what other people's life consists of so honestly yes like i agree with that and the fact that high school it creates that but i feel like it's more when you get deeper within high school and you realize especially during that college application time you're like oh, wow, this is it. Like, I'm about to get away from something that has been continuous for either, like, four or 17 years, something like that. And then you're just like, what am I going to do after this? Like, when I get in or when I graduate, it says, do I just stare and look at another book once I'm done? And then you see a lot of people doing really big things. And then, especially in this day and age, there's so many people around the age of, I mean, any age lately, like any, like literally any single age that are doing so many big things. And then that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I'm really happy for all those people. But you really start to compare yourself. That's what I was saying. Like comparing yourself really becomes something like, major when you get to high school and like that's like a main cause of depression is like also just trying to like fit in and be something you're not especially when it comes to like social media and everything and so i just i find it really sad but also interesting like how much something can change like in a couple of years just because social media and the effects that that really has on the person that they are So, personally, 
I've gone through several existential crises. I mean, it could also be considered, you would, you could say, like, I don't know what else you would call it, but besides this isolation, I mean, but I feel like I've been through several existential crises. I mean, I can ask a therapist and they'll probably say, they'll probably say that or something around those lines. And it was basically me just not feeling certain about my life and who I was. And it was the fact that for me, when it comes to my existential crisis, it's more of I'm good at these things and I know these things and I know what I, I kind of know what I want to do, but I cannot find my way to get there. I couldn't find my way to, to understand that what needs to come next or it felt like too much because I'm always doing so many things at once. And then, or I felt as if it wasn't making sense to me and maybe I was just stressing myself out. I was probably also stressing myself out. I think stress also is a really big thing that puts you in an existential crisis. It's something that really pushes you to your edge. I 100% agree. And if, like, you said if you asked your therapist, you've been through multiple. But I feel like for me, I've never called them existential crises. It's always been, like, a manic episode for me. But, like, it's always, it's, like, it's the same exact thing. Like, isolation and, like, feeling like you're not who you are and everything. So, for me, it's always been manic episodes. Like, I've never, I couldn't say I've been through an existential crisis because that's not what I call it. Because for me and through my mental disorders, it is a manic episode. And it's like a bender, I guess you would say. I mean, yeah, I, I understand that. Sometimes therapists really try to change a lot of perspectives and then sometimes that's why you go through a lot of different therapists that's why you go through a lot of different therapists and i i recommend therapy for everyone but i just don't think that they when someone when you recommend it for someone they either think that when someone recommends them that they're going crazy or is not going to fully work or they're not believing in a certain outcome that they could get out of it because therapy is more of trying to understand different things that you want, different positions in your past. And it doesn't have to be on the aspect of changing you. I 100% agree. Like for me, I started off like my mom, <laughs> she started off getting me <laughs> Uh, therapist specifically for LGBTQ and I was like that was not that was not my problem at the time like of course LGBTQ like people are so much like more likely to have like depression and stuff but that wasn't the reason why I was and is that a scientific fact? I don't think it is <laughs> it is it actually is so are you saying because someone likes the same gender or uh, uh yeah, it's the same gender. Yeah, that's how that works. It's the same gender or something around those lines of being a personnel part of the LGBTQ. You are more likely to have a mental health issue. Yes, because you're not, especially like within the trans community, especially because you're not as like accepted into society as you want to be. You're so much more likely 
to have depression or anxiety and it's like, a fact i don't i don't know much about i don't know much about trans people like obvious like i'm not but i'm saying like i feel like trans people might get that from not being themselves like they don't they're not themselves for a good percent of their lives well they are they are they like they're not but they can't but they are in like their brain i guess but they're not fully themselves in the way that they want to be so i feel like that's what where it comes from i know like the societal impact is obviously a thing but i feel like it all stems from just not knowing yourself and i feel like that's that's for like everybody but I can't, I'm not about to say everybody has depression. I'm not about to say that because some people really just got caught up with that, with our little Gen Z uh, COVID era. Yeah. But like for me, it was like, I don't really know like where my depression is really stemmed from, but I do feel as if I didn't really know who I was until like these past recent two, three, two, three years probably. Because when I was younger, I was always told I'm going to grow up, I'm going to marry a man, I'm going to have kids with that man. But for me, I never saw marry myself someone. like one. <laughs> <laughs> <Me>. Always. <laughs> <not> a ring. <laughs> so, but it's like for me, because I was always told I was going to get married and grow up and have kids with a man, I never wanted kids until I met the girl who I want to actually have a family with later on in life. Like, I genuinely want to do that. When I was younger, I didn't know that was possible because I was raised that you could only, like, you know, be with a man, have kids with, like, a man. I, that's how I was raised. And it's just, like, I didn't know who I was until these past recent three years when I actually, like, felt comfortable, like, expressing who I was. I feel like we can leave our nice little LGBTQ seminar for a different episode. A different- <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I mean, we can we can definitely get a guest on here for that. Someone that probably knows. Well, someone probably probably a little older, or probably someone in the same age group. We can do both. You know, one hundred percent. We can yeah. multiple. Mm-hmm. But that could be for another day. Even though that it does tend to have something to do with your existential crisis or manic. Um, so I guess going back into it, like how you want to talk? I kind of want to talk. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. So recently I've talked, I've talked to someone and then recently I've seen a influencer. Um, this influencer, he believes in God. He's a Catholic Christian man. One or the other. And he he lifts, he works out, right? But what put him into having a higher like connection with God or a and then lifting and understanding that he wants to not go to college and do all of this was an existential crisis. And then also like my boss would put him in more of a position where he wants to be more connected with God was an existential crisis. And that's it and, and that's why I like realized a lot of things. Like the a lot of times where people actually truly create their own relationship with God or need God 
is through an existential crisis, which is being lost and needing someone to actually guide you. And you you don't really get that much when you're younger because because you're you're you could believe in him, but that's through your family. But you don't really fully get that until you feel like you need someone because that is someone that won't leave. Like I and it's a in the uh, when existential crisis comes from death or someone leaving, it's being alone. And then people really believe in God is when when someone leaves or you leave yourself. And that happened to me. I like that. When you just said, like, you leave yourself, like, I sure did like that. That makes so much sense. Yeah, like, that happened to me so many times. Like, I've, like, I've, like, lost myself. And then, like, I've always believed in God. I was raised in a family that believes in God. And I was um, raised in a church and, you know, schools and everything. But I've never, because it, but it, it felt forced. It felt forced. It felt so forced. You don't want to have a forced relationship with God. What good does that do for you or him? What does that, what good does that do for you for anyone? So you would rather just, you, you need something like that in order to, you don't need it, but it's really helpful. You don't feel like you're doing this for someone else or it's like, of arranged marriage. Do you, no. do you see that? You see it's like I an arranged marriage? Yeah. yeah, I do. Like, you see it now? Like, you see it now? Like, it's like an arranged... A relationship with God, or like, a relationship with God, or any God that you believe in, or any higher power, it tends to be like an arranged marriage, If you're, especially if you're born into it and it raised around a family like that. Like, it feels like an arranged marriage is something that has terms and conditions. You don't need that. You don't want those terms and conditions. You don't want to feel like you have to be with that person. You want to feel like you have that connection with that, with that person. And you, and then it's not like, he is not because it's not like you feel like you can't leave him, you know, but God, he genuinely it, you can leave. You can leave him because he understands like when you go through like your own things or when you don't pray every day and everything, you're allowed to feel as if you're also your own person. But he's always there for you. Yeah, I understand that. I grew up as an atheist in like an atheist household so it's like for me i was never really forced into that like for me we had like a church that we go to every once in a while for like the actual community and stuff when like stuff would get bad i guess you could say but we never really had like a strong connection with god like my parents were the ones that kind of broke that pattern i guess within their family because they were forced when they were kids and it's like they kind of grew up and like grew out of it and they decided to just let me and my brother kind of just like decide like what we wanted to be like when we grew up and how we wanted to raise our families i mean as they should i I mean it's the one time i'll ever agree agree with those people but (laughs) i mean i i would never enforce that upon my kid and i feel like the um the judge the judgmentalness i don't know if that's the word but the judgment. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, being judged heavily by feeling like you that that you don't that and that also that your family will let go of you is the is a really big problem. Yes, because we've heard of so many things of that. Like 
because especially my mom because she's not she's not close with her family at all now like of course there's like different political views and everything but there's also like the religion aspect of it which was a really big part of it yeah political views i've never fully understand that like i live in a here's it i live in a family full of very different political views like everybody has a different political view and then i tend i've never wanted to talk about politics at all like Never, like, even with my friends. I was never down for that because, one, I hated, I hated the Trump era. I kind of, like, like, I kind of hated it. I hated that people really connected a person's personality with that. It kind of sucked. And no, then, like, I agree. And, I, and especially that era, I feel like that caused so many problems for people. Like, everybody separated, and then nobody knew who they could be. Nobody knew who they could be. And what you could no, believe. I agree. People yeah, became like, so like split and everything because, like, your personality was basically based on like who you wanted to be in office. And that yeah, was, but like, like I, I respect anybody, no matter what. Like, because, like, yeah, I have friends that 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 like I guess they were fine with Trump, or I don't even know because we couldn't vote. We couldn't even vote. We couldn't even vote. Oh no, my god, it, nobody yeah. could have even voted. That's the crazy part. Why do you care so much? Nobody could have vote. No, really. Like you literally had no like play in what the results were. Like wouldn't like No literally. And I'm just like, bro, like, you're my friend. I know who you are. And then and like I don't fully agree. I know most of y'all, most of all y'all don't agree with it. half of the things, most of like 98%, 90% of the things that Biden says. Like, I'm not even voting for Trump. I'm just saying, I'm not voting. I haven't voted and I can't vote until the 2024 election. So, ha. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's hard to even like pick that person. I haven't found a perfect candidate at all. I haven't found a perfect candidate at all. But I'm down to vote. I'm down to vote. I don't think there's a such thing as a perfect candidate. Not I mean, at of all. course, I don't think you should have to like settle, but there mm-hmm. is no perfect candidate. Yeah, like a lot, like most of the people definitely settled for Biden. For Biden, I know a lot of people definitely did. And like, man, I might run for president. I might run for president. I like one of the main reasons why I want to vote this might be so wrong to say but one of the main reasons why i want to vote is for the economy and business like because those are the things that i care about those are the things that i care about i don't like like no i'm allowed to talk about politics if i want to because i'm not talking about politics i'm not talking about politics i'm talking about the reason why i will vote because i don't like i'm fine with everything else i like that's up to y'all that's up to y'all i'm chill like i'm chilling on that um, so anyways, so <laughs> talking about exponential crisis. No, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 because I just randomly got, got up with the idea. Like, like I just randomly got off topic, which is fine. I feel like that's fine. So did I. Like, we've got, this is such a, like, at one organized, like, episode. Like, that's like, fine. Got, like, like, that's it fine. is, yeah. No, like, it is. I'm just saying, like, it was just, like, a random thought in my head. But, like, we're not even talking about politics. We're just talking about the fact that, like, like we're chill with, like, anything. Yeah, like I like I want people to be themselves. I don't want anybody to feel controlled. Like I don't even care who you are. I don't want anybody to feel controlled by something. No, I feel like if it's like you respect me, I respect you. But if you don't show yeah. me that respect, I'm not gonna show you that respect either. Like yeah, that's just that's how it is. It. Like that's about it. Like 
that's about it for me on that. Like, if you can have a different political view and still be respectful about it, that's fine. But you're not about to disrespect me talking about your own political view. Like, yeah, politics for me is business. Politics for me is business. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'm really thinking about changing my major. Like, I'm really thinking about like I don't want to. I probably shouldn't. But I really know that I probably should change my major to business. But like, you need you need a specific in business, and then you also need like. You also need a plan. Like, what would I do with business? Like, you know, like that, like that, that also puts you in an existential crisis. Like, I was so stressed. Like, I was so stressed. Like, when I couldn't choose my major, I was like, then maybe I shouldn't be going to college. If I can't choose a major, I shouldn't be going to college. Like, that put me in such a, like, in, in a, such a small existential crisis. Like, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm not meant to be in that place with all these people that know what they want. Nobody in college knows what they want. Exactly. But, like, I felt like people did. Like, I felt like it was so easy for people to, like, you know you want to be a doctor. You know you want to be a doctor. I mean, yeah, I do. Like, of course, I want to go to pre-med. Like, I know I want to do that. But when I'm in med school, what do I want to be? Like, specifically, of course, maybe I want to go into sports medicine. Maybe I want to, like, go into, like, maybe something other than that. But I also want to, like, learn what I'm specifically interested in. You can't, you you can't just be a doctor? No, you just specialize in something. You have to specialize in something. Oh, I thought you could just be a doctor. <laughs> no, oh, like in college, crazy. you know, you have, to, you have to have a major. Like, I know you have to have a major. I know you're doing bi- biomed. I thought biomed was just because biology, body. And then I thought med school, you're a doctor. Like, you, and then, but you just get to choose the field of doctor that you want. And then you can change that field anytime you want. I thought that's how it worked. Maybe I'm just no. Trying. So basically, so like the first, I think it's the first two years, you have you like are in regular med school, and then the last two years you have to pick your specialty and what you want to specialize in, and that's when the classes start getting real small. Oh, that's that's that's, that's how I divide you up. Like okay, like a regular doctor, like sports medicator, psychiatrist needs what? I think it's like five or six years, but. A surgeon needs like ten years, so that's when they start splitting you up. You need to have a specialty. Well, that's nice. You don't want a surgeon that went to school for like five years. No, you want a surgeon that literally went into specialty and deep dive into being yeah, a like surgeon. I've heard about like those med schools that are really good for uh, specific doctors, like Brown. Brown is really good for the specific doctors in Stanford. Those are the only two that I know. Those are the only two that I know yeah. about. Yeah, no, exactly. I know yeah. NYU is also. Yeah, um, let's let's hope that I get accepted into uh, those schools. Actually, <laughs> let's hope that you I get accepted. Into... I will, of course, you will. Or we will see another episode of Existential Crisis, college acceptance. I feel like we should low key do an episode of college. That's another episode. That's a different episode. College acceptances. One hundred percent. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that would work. I mean, but it's also it's also about people. Like you go through I don't know if I can say go through or should, but you you go through and lose and manage a lot of friends in life. Manage a lot of friends in life. And then like especially if you come from a big friend group. I mean that this basically comes off of last episode. This basically bounce, bounces off the last episode. Um, losing a big friend group or 
being isolated from a big friend group because you feel because they make you feel as though you are not one of them or because you're an outcast that really puts you in an existential crisis position because you're just like I'm lonely I'm alone these people have those people and these people chose those people because I am not like them and the problem is this only happens to like the best people this happens to the best people but it shows you the fact that these people weren't good people like at the end of this of your existential crisis it shows you that these people that you were around might have not been good people or good people for you and especially like your goals and your journey because yeah i mean i think you're supposed to go through these friends because they were good for that moment they were momentary friends i i know that you can have I feel like the only time that you will have a lifelong friend is that one best friend, but you change best friends all the time. You change best friends all the time, like that one best friend. Not but, not if your girlfriend is your best friend. That is true. That is true. But I'm just saying, like, your best friend, that, that changes a lot. Like, I, like, like, on, like, solid main best friends, and, like, since for, for years, I've had I've went through three solid main best friends, like for the, for the past like ten years, ten years or something. From what I remember fully, like from what I remember, uh, like I only remember from like these ten years and up, like friend worlds, but barely. But I went through like three solid, like like those, like that's my best friend, you know. Hmm. For me, it's always been like when stuff like that happens, or like when an existential crisis does happen. For me, the saying that I've always used to get through something is everything happens for a reason. Like, that saying has just been so important to me. Like, it's just, it's so simple. But when you think about it, it makes so much sense. Like, it's just, it's really helped me get through, like, so much. And honestly, now now that I'm thinking about it, that's a really good senior quote. Like... (laughs) It's simple, but, like... You serious? I mean, you serious? You want it? I mean, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, no, I don't think I actually want it. It's too simple. It's like okay. everyone says. So, like, well, no. But like, I'm just saying. Personally, personally, for me, I so I don't know if you know this. I don't. You probably don't. You probably don't. I don't talk about it like that. But uh, Perks of Wall Wallflower is one of my favorite movies. You know that? Wait, what is? Perks of being a wallflower. Oh my god, me too. Uh, yeah. So that's one of my favorite movies, and those create that that film. It was such. I don't know if it was really low budget. I don't know if it was really low budget, but it was such a beautiful film for me, and it's the fact that it wasn't such a beautiful film. I love. I've always been interested in film and movies. That's just always something that yeah I know. I've always loved. But that's cute. <laughs> I I'm able to I'm able to find certain things that I really like love. Oh well, that's not what we're here to talk about. But the, like the quotes that I really started to go through. Like, these are the quotes that have stuck with me since I've seen that film. And the quotes that I, that helped me go through life 
especially and also the movie itself because charlie charlie ended up having those two amazing friends those two amazing friends for being yeah. for being himself but what are the quotes you start for for me first it starts off with we accept the love we think we deserve so that's like the first quote and then and then second and then like second is things change and friends leave life doesn't stop for anybody yeah, and, I like and that. And in the moment, I swear we are infinite. But but then in the end, like, so this is my life, and I want you to know that I am both happy and sad, and I'm still trying to figure out how that could be. So that so that is more towards the end of the movie. That is actually towards the end, end of the movie. And, like, I loved, like, that's a really cool, big quote-pulling movie. But towards the end of the movie, he says that. And then, like, it made me really reanalyze a lot of things. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I tend to be happy inside, like, 24-7. But it, but I really want to know how that could be. But I don't really want to know. But I need to rewatch that movie again now, actually. I need to rewatch it again. But I'd love no, to. No, we should definitely rewatch it together. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I mean, we watch most movies together. We watch most movies together. No, 100%. And the shows. We just have them and don't even finish them. Guys, this could be this this could be like a podcast about things that we do together. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do we do things. Yeah, a lot of things. I mean, I I took my first steps with her actually. I was kidding. <laughs> she did not appreciate that. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like so for for me, like I have a lot to say about this topic because. You, you you need to go through the existential existential crisis in order for a lot of things in life to yeah I think connect. that's a development sure yeah it's a it's a developmental character yeah and I mean of course it's not like the kind that you want but unfortunately you kind of oh, need it yeah. like if I can I can I can truly I can truly make a whole podcast episode I might. I might make a whole podcast episode of coming of age films. Like if you if you know me, you know I love coming of age films. No, we should do that. I'll point that. I mean that might be one of our next episodes. Who knows? That might be one of our next episodes. Stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs> I mean watch the next one, duh. Like watch the next one. Like be here for the next like, one. Be for real. Like <laughs> watch the next one. In it's in every coming of age film, there is an existential crisis. There is an existential crisis. Yeah, and that's like the plot development. That's like the whole point of yeah, it. It's a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone. And that's okay, little... cool. So we have another, we have another episode. Yeah, I mean another fun like episode. All right, bad maybe. I mean, well, not maybe. That is happening. That is happening. Stay tuned for that. And we're gonna have, okay, so we're gonna have guests you... real soon. We're gonna have guests real soon. Yeah. So how do you think like? Earlier, you mentioned like when the crisis is ending. How do you think? I, it is? I just found this face mask on my floor that she made me get. So should I do it? Like this is this is one of our questions of the day. I'm not probably not gonna get <laughs> questions of the day. I'm probably not get questions of the day. But I found it on the floor. Should I do it? Like, I don't do face masks. I've never done one. I'm, We're gonna do it after. We can do that. It's a tiger, so I could look uh, strong. I'm actually yeah. strong. I'm actually really strong. <laughs> I'm actually really strong though. I'm actually really... Don't play with me. Don't play with me. Don't play with me. <laughs> Allison Rose. <laughs> the mic went out when you did that. <laughs> oh my god. The mic went. <laughs> you did that. 
Everybody's scared. Everybody's scared. All headphone users, beware. Sure. beware. Okay, so anyways. So, <laughs> so you talking about how, like, the crisis ends. How would you describe the ending of an existential crisis? The ending of an existential yeah. crisis? One is when you are able to leave your room. If you're the type to stay in your room, when you are able to leave your room, that is one thing. When you're able to leave your room. Another one is when so for me an ending is when i usually i find an ending for myself when so this is my pattern and get up i go to school for one and then (laughs) technically technically i go to school technically i go to school that's not the point like i go like i'm present i go to school i'm present i am present at school i am present am i awake no, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm awake, but I'm present. I'm not awake, but I'm present. But anyways, my like I usually end up at the gym. Then I come back, take a shower, maybe a shower, maybe a shower later. The, not maybe, but like I take the shower later. I take the shower later. I go to the gym. The gym is really lying. No, I'm not. The gym is mind clearing. You know I go to the gym every day. Oh, the gym is your clearing, yeah, but the shower yeah. part. Shut up. The gym is mind the gym is mind clearing. And then I sweat out a lot of what's going on. The toxins. You release them from your body. Okay, you little <laughs> wicked witch. And then <laughs> and then um that that helps me notice a lot. And then it's really a big thinking space. You would think that it's not a big thinking space, but it's a really big thinking space. Do you think that you don't you don't think that lifters think? We think. We think before we drop the weight on our head. Duh. And then I come back and then my main thing is usually well, usually editing and then also music. And then music really helps there. Like playing the guitar because usually after existential crisis, I go straight back to music. Like because I yeah. feel empty, like I feel empty. So then I like I I listen to music, but then like I listen to music during the crisis. But I feel so empty, and I feel like I can't make music, so I stop. But then I go back to making music, and it really shows me a lot of who I am. And I get so much work done, like getting work done, and then like put putting myself in a position, like having caffeine as well, and getting work done really shows me who I am and who I could and want to be. And then I feel like it's just a really big thought journey. For me, like my way of going, knowing them get, knowing that I'm getting out of it is like, I might be sleeping a lot during it, but like that minute when I feel like I wake up and I don't feel tired or like I want to go back to sleep is how I know that like I'm feeling better. Do you eat? During it? Yeah. I mean, like, I stop eating during months. Yeah. Because I, I eat, either, like, yeah, no, I either over you or under you. It depends on, like, how it is. Yeah, like, usually I just stop eating because I don't feel like it. But, like, but then I put myself, but as an athlete, like, I'm already aren't always, like, tracking everything and stuff. But, like, I put myself back in a position where I'm eating, like, at least athletically normally. Probably zero calories i'm just kidding but athletically normally i'm kidding i'm Be kidding for real. <laughs> i'm kidding but yes around there yeah that makes sense i mean so i mean is that is that all for how you finish your how you exit or fight 
the existential I crisis. I kind of just tell myself, oh my god, you need to stop laying in bed. Like, get up and pretend you're okay. And you yell at yourself? Like, okay. Yeah, and then I, like, pretend that I'm okay, and then when I... When do you stop pretending? When do you stop pretending? I don't know. That's the problem. Yeah, like, nobody knows when you stop pretending. Yeah. I mean, and I like, think, like, it's not the healthiest way, but, like, but you're it is there. the way that I... But you are I'm there. I'm able to get out of bed. I'm able yeah. to, like, do my work. I'm able to be motivated, at least to a certain extent. So it's, like, that's something. That's something. I mean, it's something. It's something. It's a start. It's, it's a big start. Let's say that. It's a big start. And then, no, it's awful because when you get really bad, you want to stop taking your meds. And then that Girl, makes it how did we get into these meds? No, I don't know. Meds the next day. We're doing meds another episode because <laughs> I don't remember the last time you took yours and the last time I took mine. So be quiet. Okay, Girl, we I took mine know. every day. I actually take no, mine. Literally, no, literally, don't even. I took mine the other day. I actually did take mine the other day. This morning, no, no I but, that means, morning. but that means I need to take it my night. Because, no, because doctor, it, not ADHD meds, but the other meds, you have to take them at night because it knocks you out. Shawty was sleeping at school. Shawty's like a melody in my head and I can't keep going. Give me That's why right. it's called Prozac. I mean, <laughs> Do, do not get us copyrighted. Oh, facts. My fault. But can I, can I, like, can I, can I make us a theme song? Would y'all listen to a theme song? Prozac in pajamas. Prozac in pajamas. Prozac. Nah. Like, it wouldn't be like that, but, like, Prozac in pajamas. Prozac in pajamas. She made a song for my grandma yesterday. Oh, I don't think I can sing it because R.I.P. No. R.I.P. Gigi. She was the homie. <laughs> Wait, was that the one that crocheted that? <laughs> is it dedicated to her? Dedicated to okay, Gigi. But both of them died, so it's kind of well. The other one's dead, and then now Gigi's dead. Well, okay, okay. So we're gonna like, we're gonna wrap it up now. Thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on Insta. Follow us on Insta and make sure that you stay up to date because new things are coming constantly. Now we are actually back on track. Yeah, it's my MacBook was a little broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, but things are about to come constantly we're about to be on track we're about to be one of the best podcasters in your ear like you you probably about to start listening to me singing singing you in sleep what was the song i was singing no only Shawnee's like a melody anyways uh that's it for today's episode i'm Manny. Subscribe. I'm Allie. Catch you later. And make sure that you listen on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, possibly RSS. It's on RSS, but I don't know how you listen on there fully yet. But, and then also YouTube. We're getting YouTube up and going. Bye, guys. Catch you later.